I want to talk about uh, the secret place, and I want to I want to take us to to Job in just a minute. We're gonna we're gonna look at at um, uh, several scriptures. I think it it gives us tremendous insight, uh, and then we wanna we wanna look at Ephesians, and uh, there's several verses we wanna we wanna cover in Ephesians tonight also. But uh, <clears throat> but this is this is there's there's just a depth here that. Uh, Job is one of the oldest. They claim it's the oldest book in the Bible, and uh, and there's there's uh, the secret of wisdom there, and uh, and I've already I've already told you that's the that's the secret place, is the place of wisdom. So <clears throat> so you know God's word is filled with uh, with such wisdom and understanding, and uh, and so I want to I want to teach about this tonight, but. Uh, those of you that have been in the Bible reading, isn't it? I, I'm I'm a few days ahead of uh, of our of our daily Bible reading, but isn't it amazing uh, in in Second Chronicles when it when it outlines the kings that that sought to worship the Lord and sought to do right and righteously, how that God fought for them, their enemies were destroyed, uh, overwhelming odds, they they won victories. And, uh, and and you just you see that and you you understand that that you know it is it is an obligation of ours to seek the Lord and to do right and righteously and so <clears throat> let's start uh, with the, with the insight that that job uh, gives us in job 28 and uh, in verse number seven I'm going to read uh, several verses uh, and and uh, we may we may stop and comment a couple of times in this, but uh, number seven, there is a path which no fowl knoweth, in which the vulture's eye hath not seen. There's something about this scripture that has caught my attention. I've I've used it several times, and and uh, when I go back to it and and begin to study and research in this, it's it's pretty pretty informative. In verse number eight, the lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. Verse number nine, he putteth forth his hand upon the rock. He overturneth the mountains by the roots. He cutteth out rivers among the rocks, and his eye seeth every precious thing. This is talking about God. <clears throat> he bindeth the floods with overflowing, and the thing that is hid bringeth he forth to light. Verse 12, but where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? There's some, there's some, some depth here that we can find. He says that, that basically that uh, uh, no bird, no animal is going to find this path. He calls, it a, he calls it a path, the path of wisdom. Verse 13, man knoweth not the price thereof. Neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, it's not in me. And the sea saith, it's not with me. Verse 15, it cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. Verse 16, it cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. Verse 18, no mention shall be found of coral or pearls or for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Verse 20, whence then cometh wisdom? And where is the place of understanding? Verse 21, seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living, and kept close from the fowls of the air. Verse 22, destruction and death say, we have heard the fame thereof with our ears. Verse 23, God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the, the, the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth, and seeth under the whole heaven. Verse 25, to make the weight for the winds, and he weigheth the waters by measure. Verse 26, when he made a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning of the thunder. Verse 27, then did he see it and declare it. He prepared it, yea, and searched it out. And then at 
gives us understanding in verse number 28. And to man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. You can find that phrase, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in Proverbs. In fact, a couple or three places. You can find that same theme in, in other places. The, the, the one considered the, the wisest man in all the earth, Solomon, uh, believed to be the writer of the, of the Proverbs, penned that. It is a path only given to man. It is a path that nobody else can find. No bird, no animal, <clears throat> just man. It is the place of wisdom. It is a place of understanding. If we get this, we can understand this. If we can, if we can get this, if we can understand this, the fear of the Lord is wisdom. I think, I think part, of, part of our problem in our, <clears throat> in our day and age that we live in, there is a tremendous lack of fear of the Lord. Now, what is, your, what is your understanding of that word fear? Respect, okay. Healthy respect, okay. I'm looking for another word. Awesome respect, yeah. Still looking for a word. Who's, who said reverence? All right, that's reverence. It's a reverence for the Lord. You know, that shows up in everything that we do. You know, how often do we treat our prayer time as just another place or thing? How often do we, now, now I know, and I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. You're here tonight on Wednesday night. It's cold out there, and you're here. And so I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but, but to, to stir up something within us, to stir up the gift that is within us. How often is, does it seem, and I'm talking from my point of view, not, not yours, how often does it seem that, that uh, we lack a proper reverence for God? You know, <clears throat> uh, we were taught when I, was, when I was growing up, I know that was a few years ago, but we were taught that the house of the Lord was a place of reverence and respect also. And that you, you know, re, re, respect. And I, I think that, that we see in, in our day and age just, just that reflected a lack of, of reverence in everything, a lack of respect in, in, uh, for, for people and, and everything. But, but, you know, we can moan and we can gripe about the lack of reverence. We can gripe about the lack of respect. But I think it is necessary for us if we're going to correct the wrongs, is start with me. You know, <clears throat> many times it has been said, I can't change the world, but I can change me. And uh, it, is, it, is so, it is so interesting that, that in, in my position, I guess you'd say in my calling, that it is, it is required many, many times of me to give people answers that, I have no clue what the answers are. And, uh, and it's, you know, over and over, I, I use the, the same old thing, I will pray for you. I know that sounds redundant and sounds like a cop-out, but what else can I do? I will pray for you. One of the most incredible things that can be done in a life is prayer, right? Prayer works. Prayer changes things. We all understand. We all know that. But many, many times I feel, I feel under the gun, just to, to let you know, I feel under the gun. I just feel pressured to, to, to give somebody something that I don't know the outcome. Pastor, tell me. Is this going to be fine or is it not going to be fine? No, it ain't going to be fine. 
you're going to burn in hell. I mean, <clears throat> that's something you can't go around doing. But just good people. Is, it gonna, is, is this going to work or is that going to work? I don't really know. But I do know this. God will do right by you. If you're seeking the Lord, the end result will be fine. Everything will work out. And so, so I think, I think in, in, in this, and in, in the, the point of this lesson tonight is to point us, is to teach us uh, the working ways of the Lord. I, I noticed in the, in the reading that I was, I was reading, and I believe it was Jehoshaphat, if I'm not mistaken, that, uh, that, that began to seek the Lord. And, uh, and he, had a, he had some teaching priests scattered throughout the kingdom, and they would, they would teach them the ways of the Lord. And I think that is, I think that is, is very, very important that, that us, you know, there are so many things, you know, there's, there's people that, that have been living for the Lord for many, many years in our congregation. There's people that, that know how to come in and go out before the Lord. There's people that, that know the word of God. And so, so it's, it's not that I'm telling you something new. It's not that I'm bringing to you something that you've never heard before. But oftentimes, it's the power in, in reminding ourselves of what we should know and, and what we should do. So if we, can, if we can get this, if we can understand the fear of the Lord is wisdom. Proverbs says the beginning of wisdom. Here we learn the fear of the Lord is wisdom. To depart from evil is understanding. The sacred place. Okay, let's look at that. Let's look at those, <clears throat> uh, those words and let's do a quick study on them. Fear. Uh, it, fear is, is just uh, moral uh, reverence. A reverence for the Lord. A, a, a righteous awe of the Lord. And, and you have, uh, you have uh, uh, mentioned respect for the Lord. And, and so the secret places, the secret places of God or access through uh, our holy reverence to God. We access places that are, that are secret. Nobody knows. Nobody's able to get those but, but us, those of us that, that know the Lord and, and that, that reverence the Lord. And you access that secret place. Uh, the fear of the Lord is, is uh, our fear of the Lord is Part of that is, is ingrained in our worship for the Lord. When we pull out all the stops to worship the Lord in, in the best way that we can, and I'm not, I'm not saying um, that, that uh, the best way to worship the Lord is to, to run laps around the church, or the best way to worship the Lord is to shout. Obviously, we need more of that. Just saying. But the best way to worship the Lord is from the heart. And to worship the Lord with all your heart. To, to worship the Lord and, and allow your heart to reach out to the Lord and allow your spirit to, uh, to reach to Him. And so, you know, we've been discovering here in the last few weeks that, uh, that it is through worship that, uh, that Jesus Christ reigns in our life. It is through worship that, uh, that reigns means to ascend. It is through worship, our worship of Him, that He ascends in our life. And so, so uh, He becomes the highest thing in our life. And it's, it's something that has to be worked on. Automatically, God just is not the highest thing in our life. You know, I, I mentioned that, that uh, some time ago I found that word and, and uh, you know, praying, uh, hallowed be thy name. Well, we know his name is hallowed. We know his name is holy. But, but I, I think I come to the understanding that, that it's my job to make him the highest thing in my life, to make him holy in my life. And so when he becomes the biggest thing in our lives, he arises to the most important part of our life. And so you let God arise and your enemies will be scattered. I've heard that somewhere. Uh, the secret place of revelation. 
you let God arise and your enemies will be defeated. The secret place of deliverance. The secret place of hope. The secret place of answer. When, when reverence to God, when wisdom of God is, is given over, the fear of the Lord is, is uh, placed in our life, automatically it elevates us to another level. It's, it elevates us to a place of, of prayers answered. It elevates us to a place that, that suddenly instilled in my heart, instilled in my life, is a hope that I've never had before. It is a hope like I've never experienced before. Instilled in my life is a deliverance that comes through that, that God begins to convict me. God begins to speak to me. And that's the secret place. The secret place of answer. Okay, let's, let's uh, uh, go into the New Testament for just a moment. I told you we'd be talking a lot about Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians 1 and verse number 5. And it says this, Having predestined us into the adoption of the child of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Whoa. Are we predestined? What does this mean? Anybody? Can anybody tell me? All right, that's what predestined means. Well, <clears throat> okay, is there any use of coming to God or whatever? Aren't aren't you just predestined to be what you'll be? Is that what it says? No. Why not, Brother Ray? So, so basically it's talking about, uh, and I think, it, I think it mentions in another scripture, and I, I think that's what I'm kind of referring to right now, is about, uh, about predestined and predestiny. The church is predestined for glory. Each individual, we have to make uh, our own determination. And so, so he has foreordained a plan, according to this scripture, for your life and for my life. And so <clears throat> let's look at Ephesians 1 and 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Okay, it causes us to praise the Lord for what he is doing. It causes us to worship the Lord and to magnify the Lord and to look to the Lord in everything that we do. Okay, verse number seven. In whom we have redemption through the blood, his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. It never runs out. It's always available. And so when you talk about he has predestined us, then you follow it with these scriptures in whom we have redemption through his blood. With every person he's made available, he's, he's predestined. If, if we will choose him, if we will reverence him, if we will uh, become one with him, that, that our lives will be blessed and, and we will we will uh, uh, can can be be predestined for glory, and so uh, we have redemption through His blood, and we are forgiven of all of our sins. Understand, we're not living under a cloud. I, I I'll never forget when I was a kid. Now you know, as uh, I got the Holy Ghost when I was uh, eleven years old, and you know. You can understand, look, just look at me, and you can understand that at 11 years old, I was a horrible sinner. <clears throat> you know, 11 years old, back in, in uh, 19, uh, early 1960s, I guess that would be 66, late 1960s, 11 years old, 1966, and, uh, you know, nothing like what it is today, and, and uh, <clears throat> no TV, uh, no internet. I mean, you know, my life was messed up. <laughs> but we all need God. And a conniving, guilty soul is everywhere. And so all of us needed redemption. Amen? So, so you, can, you can understand that, that, uh, that but when I come to the Lord... <clears throat> 
it, it changed things. And I remember when I had done things that I, that I wasn't supposed to do, that I, uh, I would think, what if the Lord comes before I wake up in the morning? I mean, you know, the guilt was ever upon me. And uh, I remember, I remember certain times my mother would say, because my, my dad worked on the railroad, so he was gone for, for a, generally a, a 24 hours or so. It was a day and a half or so. And, uh, and so my mom, generally, if, if we got in trouble, she'd take care of things with a switch or, or something, you know. But if it was real bad, wait till your daddy comes home. I'm going to tell you, hanging over your head, <coughs> hanging over your head, He's not coming home till tomorrow. Well, we were tiptoeing around very, very lightly and uh, hoping that she would forget by tomorrow. But you, you think about that, the cloud hanging over your head. Is, is, is there... Now, I, I'm, I'm opening myself up really, really much tonight because we've got a police officer, a couple of police officers here. Is there anybody here that you've got an outstanding warrant against you? <laughs> sure, I'll let them see that it's me. <clears throat> I mean, but, but think about that. Just think about that concept. Um, ever running, dodging, hiding. You know? You know, it's, it's, it's strange. But seeing that we have these officers here, it reminds me of something. <clears throat> you know, isn't it, isn't it strange? Every time I go by a police officer, I wave. How you doing, sir? And I catch myself if I'm speeding, I ignore them. Like, like that's going to that's gonna somehow help me out there. Isn't it crazy, the things... That, uh, that we do, but there's, there's no cloud hanging over our heads. There's, because we have, we have redemption through the name of Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus. We are forgiven from our sins. And I don't care what you're facing. There's not a shadow on your life. It doesn't matter what you're facing tonight. There's, there's not a cloud on your future. None of us here tonight. There's not a cloud. There's not a shadow on you, I speak right now against all fear. And I take authority in the name of Jesus by the power and the authority of the name of Jesus and I bind all fear right now. Could we just, could we just take this moment? I feel the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, I bind all fear. I displace you. You've got to go. Go back to where you came. In the name of Jesus, I lose hope and understanding and fear of the Lord that brings wisdom and knowledge and understanding in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You see, we're in a secret place of protection. The devil can't harm you. He can only take what you allow. Stand up to him. Say it. No more, devil. Make a stand. Make a declaration. Do not. Let me repeat that. Do not be intimidated by your future. God has great things in store for you. But it all hinges on our, on our, uh, on our uh, reverence to the Lord, our fear of the Lord, our respect for Him. And, and let, me, let me say this, <clears throat> that, that each one of us can suffer loss. You know, you can, you can lose a mother, a dad, a spouse. You can, you can I, I, I remember standing by a, a dear saint of God and, and have her declare to me that nobody, nobody should have their kids pass away before them. And it, it and Sometimes things happen. There's, there's the ugly word divorce. There's, there's all sorts of 
of things that, that happen in a life and all sorts of things that, that you and I go through and we suffer loss and we suffer hurt in, in, a, in, a, in a, a, a thousand ways. But understand this. Realize this, that the Lord loves you. The Lord cares for you. And the Lord is going to take you through as long as we serve the Lord, as long as we do what's right, as long as we repent of our sins and turn away from them. Okay? And so, <clears throat> verse number 8, Ephesians chapter 1, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. He has caused us to excel in all wisdom or spiritual understanding and uh, prudence, which is mental action, intellectual or moral insight. Isn't it, isn't it uh, uh, tremendous how the Lord gives us certain insight in things? He, he, he gives us checks that, that suddenly we don't feel good about this or, or that, that suddenly we're, we're just a little bit hesitant to, to, to do that because uh, there's something that's just not quite right there. What is that? That's wisdom that God gives you on certain things. And I, I remember uh, somebody telling me that they were going to go somewhere and, and, uh, and said they just felt a check and they just, they just uh, steered away from an area there. And, and uh, later on, they saw that this, uh, that this guy was, was over there acting really, really weird and, and, uh, and just uh, like he was spaced out. And isn't it, isn't it, isn't it awesome the Lord gives us wisdom? The Lord gives us direction in our life. The Lord gives us understanding. And so, uh, so we, are, we are protected by, by the wisdom that the Lord gives us. Verse number 9, Having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself. Having made known unto us the mystery. What's a mystery? Unknown, kind of like a secret, right? Okay, having known, made known, mystery comes from a word that, that means shut mouth or silent. Mystery basically means secret. And having, <clears throat> having made known unto the, to us the secret of his will, the secret place, a path that no bird knows, no animal has ever taken. It's only reserved for mankind. A path of wisdom, a path of understanding, a path of knowledge, the secret place. He's revealed unto us the secret of his will or his choice for our lives. God's choice for our lives is to do is for us to be blessed. God's choice for our lives is for us to win souls. God's choice for our lives is, is for us to worship the Lord to the, uh, to, the, to the best of our ability. And it's according to his good pleasure or how he wants to do it. God does what he wants to. <clears throat> you can seek for riches and you'll always be disappointed. You can seek for fame or fortune or any other thing. And it never seems to um, uh, bring contentment. It never seems to bring uh, peace and safety, even if you get what you want. But when you seek the will of the Lord, when you seek His presence in your life, if you will find the secret of His will, He will give you peace. He will give you contentment. But he will also prosper our lives. Uh, Ephesians 1, verse number 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Dispensation means administration or a, of a household or, of, or an estate, uh, <clears throat> specifically a religious economy, more or less. And so, so dispensation, a period of, of, uh, of time. Uh, fullness, as in filling a jar, uh, completion. And then, of course, times, the set or proper time. 
if you will allow me to paraphrase this, that, uh, that in God's religious economy, when he completes or fills your life uh, for a set time, that it, I believe that God, it's like he, he fills a jar. Uh, the best way to explain it, that, that he puts things in the jar of our life. He puts things in our life. And I believe that, that, uh, that God allows certain things in our life. Allows what we allow, basically, in our life. So many times people say, Pastor, why does so many bad things happen to me? You know, <clears throat> you're part of the human race. So bad things are going to happen. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people sometimes. But there's sometimes we, we allow certain things. And, uh, and, and we, we allow certain things to, to... They're not always good experiences. Anybody here never made a mistake? Anybody here right now doing everything, everything perfect? Well, you wouldn't be here tonight if you were. There'd be no need. Yeah, you would be. You'd still have to come worship the Lord. What I'm saying is we're not, we're not perfect. Nobody is perfect. So we make mistakes at times. And it's like <clears throat> God takes these mistakes and he's able to work on them to our good. How many times has God taken something bad and made it good, made it work out? They're, the experiences that we have are not always good experience. But I, I believe that, that God takes the things that come our way, the good and the bad, to complete us and to mold us and to make us. We know this scripture very, very well, Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, the called according to to his purpose. All things work together for good. They're not all good. Sometimes bad things happen. Like brick not being laid for two months. <clears throat> and so, you know me, as hyper as I am, since Brother Willie is not here, I can tell this story talked about it, Matt and I out in the front. and I, may, Maybe Brother Ray was, I'm not sure who was out there. But anyway, <clears throat> several years ago, you know, we had this, took out this old door on the, on the side of the church building then. And so uh, we wanted to brick it up. And, and so I said, does anybody know how to brick? And Brother Willie says, well, I was a bricklayer once. Well, he was a brick helper once. There is a difference. <clears throat> and so I said, okay, I'll mix the mud for you. If you don't mind doing it, we'll get out there and man, we'll, 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 well, we laid the first row and I said, uh, Brother Willie, don't you need a string there across that? You know, we'll ne no, I don't, I've never used a string. Well, I know now why. <laughs> so, so they have teased me and Brother Willie for all these past years for laying that, that brick. So, so I could lay the brick. Understand that. Now, it might not be something that uh, we would be interested in. But I, <clears throat> as hyper as I am, I, I, I told my wife, I said, you know what? We're not going to worry about it. All things work together. And you know, it may be that, that uh, somebody else needs to lay the brick. And so, so I, I ended up uh, uh, making contact and, and, and uh, was uh, told, you need to call so-and-so. Well, I called him, and it just so happened to be Greg Brewer. Anybody remember Greg Brewer? <clears throat> and used to go to the Springdale Church. And so... Uh, so I, uh, he came out, and, and we looked at it, and we talked. And, and uh, if they don't show up tomorrow or the next day, we're going to do something different. But, uh, but who knows? Uh, 
made contact with him, and, and I'm, I'm going to make contact with him again. I just I felt that in, in the Holy Ghost. And who knows the points, the contacts we make. You know, what, what is, is people and what is, is purpose and the will of God in the, in the, the, the wheel of, of, of our lives and, and to get this done and to get that done. When we begin to understand that all things work together for good, they're not all good. Some of the things cause us trouble and some of the things cause us pain. But if it wakes us up and makes us reach toward God, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to our lives. Amen. And so, <clears throat> so all things work together for good. All things are not good. But Ephesians 1 and 19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power? What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us? We, I think that's sometimes we, we forget that there is exceeding great power that God gives to us. God blesses us with it. His force, miraculous power to us, specifically for us to believe, specifically for us to trust in Him, specifically ordained a call of God that God speaks. Well, God, why am I having to deal with this right now? God, why am I having to face this right now? And if you could only understand in the scope and the mind of God, and you could understand in the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And in Job, I talked about, and I read the scriptures about how that he, he made the world and he, and he wrapped up the, the wind and he, and he made a place for the, the rain and, and, uh, and he measured out the, the rain and, and so forth and so on. And I, I can't understand all of that. That's, that's lofty and high thinking that it does not compute with this shallow, infinite mind. But one thing I do know that the God that did all of that, the God that, that has such wisdom, the God that, that directs uh, our lives, the God that made the air that we breathe, the God that put all of these particles together, the God that made our, our bodies that work uh, like a fine-tuned machine, even better than a machine. And in spite of overwhelming odds, in spite of sickness, in spite of many times uh, 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 pain and, and things that, that should have, have killed somebody, the human body is unbelievably coordinated to overcome and to heal itself. In that God has made healing. God is, God is built in the church. The church is the body of Christ. God is built in the church. The ability to heal itself. In fact, there's healing going forth right now in this, in this, in this room. There's healing going forth. And, and in, in, this, in this Bible study, we're talking about God and we're talking about uh, reverence toward God and the secret place, a, a place of, of, of wisdom, a place that, that God holds you in His hand, a place that, that it seems like that's a struggle. It seems like that, that the lightning is flashing and the storms are blowing all around you. But here you are in the hand of God. You're in the secret place of God. You're in the protection of God. And things are going to work out for you. I felt, I felt in, in the service the last couple of weeks, and I, I say this again, and I feel it very, very strongly, that God uh, is, is going to smile upon you, and, and, uh, and, and you're going to smile again, and you're going you're gonna to have joy and happiness and, and understanding that, that God is, is, is great and powerful. And his, his miraculous power to us is to lift us up and to, to renew faith within us, to believe in him. In Ephesians 1, verse number 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand at the heavenly places. Verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come higher than anything, greater than anything. Verse 22, and put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, 
That's the high priest that we have. The high priest that will not stumble or fall. A high priest that, that has already paid the way, which is the body, uh, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And you are the body of Christ, the word of God says. And if we are the body of Christ, how great is this body of Christ that in us is the power to heal. In us is the power for answers. In us is wisdom and knowledge and understanding. In us is protection and hope that God has and gives to us. Jesus has been victorious for us. Jesus has won the victory so that we might share in his victories. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in in Galatians 6 and 17. I don't think you have that, brother. Uh, From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. What was Paul talking about? Was he talking about the, the stripes that was placed upon his back? Was he talking about the stones that, that made the mark when they left him for dead, when they stoned him? Was he talking about the many times that he'd been through the struggle, been through the, through the difficult times? He said, branded on my body are the marks of Jesus. Think about that for just a moment. I wish I could quote it, what he said. Shipwrecked three times, received stripes. Is it? Shipwrecked, left for dead, stone. He, he gives a litany of things that he went through. And Paul said, each of those things has left the mark of Jesus. Branded on me are the marks of Jesus. I think, I think there's something more than just that, too. I think that branded upon, upon Paul is, is the presence of, of God that that when he was struck down on the road to Damascus, that he had a relationship with, with Jesus Christ that he, had, that he had never even thought about, never even dreamed about. He was, he was going about doing everything he knew to do, and suddenly on that road he was struck down, and, and suddenly he, he saw who, who Jesus was. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus I am Jesus. Hallelujah. Therefore, no man shall trouble me, Paul says. I'm not going to worry about stuff because branded on my body are the marks of Jesus. Hallelujah. We've lived, we've lived uh, whether, whether it's been six months or a year or, or 50 years or 70 years for the Lord, no matter how long you've lived for the Lord, you, you bear the marks of Jesus Christ upon you. Therefore, man shall not trouble you. What? What is this that's come upon me? Man, this is no big deal. Just one more thing that God is going to deliver. God's going to help and God's going God's to see us through. Ephesians 2 and 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. He's made us alive. He's given us true life. Given us true life. Hallelujah. Can you imagine not being able to think? Can you imagine not being able to function as a human being? And yet there are many people because of drugs, because of abuse, because of alcohol have have ruined their lives. And the word of God says, such were some of you. God has given us an opportunity. He's brought cleansing to our lives. He's removed the shadow that's hanging over our head. He's made us alive. Ephesians 2 and 5 and 6, even when we're dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When we were dead, he hath made us alive. Think of all the people in this world 
And he picked me. He picked you to enjoy this great salvation. He has raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places. I believe that, that God is leading each of us. God is leading you. God's leading me to a secret place. Often the first thing we do is fight against change. We fight against something. I'm not talking about doing things different. I'm not talking about uh, anything like that. What I'm talking about is, is when pressure comes to our lives, we fight against it. When the pressure comes, when, when problems come, or sometimes blessings bring certain pressures. But when the pressure comes, it's directing us, leading us to a special place in Jesus Christ. I think it's necessary for each of us to act like this is the very first time we've ever come before the Lord and to give our hearts to the Lord, surrender our hearts to Him. You know, as adults, we pick up a lot of baggage along the way. We've seen a lot of disappointments. We've seen a lot of people stab us in the back. We've seen a lot of people fall by the wayside. We've seen a lot of junk and stuff in life. But we need to take our eyes off of stuff and junk and people. And we need to focus our eyes again on Jesus Christ. Look full in his wonderful face. If we could see him, if we could take hold on him and, and to, to leave, leave Ephesians and go to Psalms 81 and verse number 7. Listen to what the psalmist said. Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah, Selah. You know who that was? According to my Bible, it's a psalm of Asaph. Amen. Remember what all he faced? Remember things he saw? The secret place of thunder. What is that? Preached about that before. I believe it's a place of, of conflict. A place of storm. that God proves us. God's got a plan for your life. It involves victory and celebration with joy. Yes, included is pain, discomfort, hurt, sometimes defeat. The whole emotional trip. But understand, don't let the victories make you egotistical. And don't let the defeats cause you depression. Let God, let all that God does for us fill that jar of our lives. And in 2 Corinthians 4, in verse number 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That's the secret place when God works his will in our life. That's the secret place when we reverence him above all else. When we place him at the highest point of our life. Why don't we stand? And let's, <clears throat> let's close this, this out with prayer again tonight. I believe that um, as I was at the front, we were conversing, talking. I think uh, Matt's probably out here right now. If you can hear me, Matt, I'm talking about you right now. But before church started, Matt and I were talking, and he said, I, I, I've been praying. I feel like that revival is getting ready to break out in this church. I feel that also. Amen. There's been, a, there's been some waves of the Holy Ghost move. I told Pastor Jason just, just Sunday, I said, man, you, you're not going to win friends and influence people with those kind of messages. But that's 
the kind of messages that we need. Amen. Sister Carrie. Amen. Sister Mac and I were, were talking. Often we sit down and discuss things and we were we were talking about how that there's such a hunger in people. A hunger. They don't know what they're hungry for. They they have no clue. But but people there's a hunger. And there is a there is a a, a potential great move of the Holy Ghost here. We've been experiencing some things. I feel the Holy Ghost is, is right now as I say this. I, I, I feel that. I, I feel that there's going to be a sweeping move of God. God's been, God's been directing in it. And it seems like Pastor Jason and I have been on the same page almost, almost every Sunday that, that we're hitting on the same things. And I, I, believe that, I believe that God is getting us ready for a great move of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and so, but... I think the, the first thing is I've got to get my heart right. I've got to get my mind in tune with God. It can't be that, that I've got some sort of ego deal that, that, that I, I remember talking to a guy and I, I told him, uh, I said, uh, it was at youth camp, and I said, hey, uh, does that kid go to your church? And he said, uh, yes, he does. I said, well, he got the Holy Ghost tonight. And he said, well, we'll work that out when we get home. What? Work that out when you get home? He got the Holy Ghost. Now you're going to see if he acts right and he walks right and he's a kid. But that mindset, we've got, we've got to understand that, that we're living in the last days. We've got to realize that, that there must be a passion within us for Jesus Christ. It's not just so that I can chalk it up, man. I prayed that guy through. It's not just so that we can, we can, you know, we have uh, these feathers in our caps, so to speak. We're the body of Christ. We bring healing and answers and hope and deliverance to a lost and dying world. And I believe that people are going to start looking toward us. Amen. Feel that, Pastor Jason. People are going to start looking for us. Coming for answers. Amen. Praise the Lord. I didn't mean to go through all that, but let's let's just uh, let's focus our hearts and our lives as we close this service. Oh Lord. Jesus.